History, mystery, passion for telling the narrative of those who are no longer with us. Real people, real lives, with real stories to be told, even though they're now gone. It's the Grave Conversations Podcast, Season 1, Resurrecting Raymond, a son of Menasha, Wisconsin, who bravely fought and died for his country in World War II. His story went to the grave with his last known relative. Through research, dumb luck, and dedication, we will be able to paint a snapshot of a young man who gave everything for his country, including his life. The Grave Conversations Podcast starts now. And we're off. Welcome to Episode 2, Season 1, Resurrecting Raymond. It is the Grave Conversations Podcast. My name is Fife, here with Woody. I am Woody. And Kat. Hello. And uh, the goal of this podcast is to tell the stories of people who've passed on. Um, We get these stories in some unorthodox ways. First of all, discovering this person is, is us generally going into a cemetery. Right. Out of morbid curiosity, looking somebody up. And then if there is a great story to tell, we bring it to life. Right. And then going to the World Wide Web and trying to figure out, I mean, especially this first one that uh, we did, it, it took a little bit of time for us to figure out how are we going to do it? What what websites do we go to? What research do we go? Do we call people? Do we, you know, how do we do this? And uh, this, this first one was a really eye-opening learning lesson for all of us, but uh, it's it's awesome. This, this guy did... Uh, this this guy did a great service for our country, sacrificed his life, and we want him to come to life with you. What I think special about this story is he's a representation of a lot of young men and women who served during World War II, mm-hmm. um, men more in the combat roles, and lots of men lost their lives in these combat roles, and you know. It, it's a situation. It's the greatest generation, right? We've heard that time and time again, and it truly is. Mm-hmm. The men and women of that era are so strong and amazing for everything that they accomplished during that war and the following years. It's just it's amazing. There's a reason they're called the greatest generation, and, and I think that's why Raymond's a great representation of that. Absolutely. Um, and again, World War II is something that's always been really interesting to me. And I think partly because of that, um, you know, the values that people had, the outlook, the way that they were treating, um, well, for the most part, each other. Um, yeah, they they had their issues. They're still, I mean, for the greatest generation, they are the greatest generation. But there were, there were some things that they could have worked on. Of course. And I mean, we all can. But, um, and, you know, with part of that, like my... My grandmother is still around. Um, you know, she's in her early 90s. Definitely really look up to her, um, you know, and some of the stories that she had. But I think part of that is why I'm really interested in that World War II era. Just kind of that outlook that, you know, like this horrible thing is happening, but let's all pull together. Um, let's make this the absolute best that it can be. Um, you know, not only like, oh, the boys going over um, and fighting, but also what people were doing here at home. Um, I just, I think that's so interesting in the way that people really 
stuck together um, to get through all of that. Yeah, a lot of women amazing. going into work that that hadn't worked before are right. now running the factories and things like that. And that's actually something we're going to cover because we saw a lot of this going on in the documentation that we found on Raymond's life. So today we're talking about Raymond Novikovsky, and Raymond is a son of Menasha, Wisconsin, born, raised, and eventually buried there at the age of 20 years old. Mm -hmm. um, Raymond was originally a part of what's called the Ordnance Department, um, and in World War II, what I could find about the Ordnance Department was they were responsible for roughly half of all Army procurement, uh, which was about $34 billion, and you can imagine how much money that was at the time compared to now. I mean, $34 billion back then is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. um, basically, everything depended on those guys. They had gone from 334 officers to 24,000 officers. They went from 4,000 enlisted men to 325,000 enlisted, and then 27,000 civilians went to 262,000 civilians during World War II. That's how much that department grew. And Raymond was one of the men that got to be a part of that and was able to help our boys and get the armaments that they needed and, and things like that. So um, that was his job initially. Now that changed down the line. So what I want to do is pick up where we left off in the last podcast with uh, we had found Raymond's brother was his last living relative. There was nobody else. He right. did not have kids. He was not married. And we found that the person who he left his estate to was just a distant cousin, and she had nothing for us. The, the brother left that yeah. estate, too. So Donald yeah. Raymond's brother left his estate to this person. Yes. Yeah. And she had nothing for us, unfortunately. Right. And we're assuming that uh, upon the death of um, Raymond and Donald's mother, because she passed after the dad, we're assuming that she gave whatever she had to Donald. Again, we have no records of this because it was in the you know early 70s, but... So we were we were hoping to find some nugget, some little treasure from this cousin who would have inherited all of Donald's things. And so what we really had to do here was we had to go back to the obituary, yeah. which didn't have a ton of information. But there was just little things in there mm -hmm. that we had to try and look at a little bit deeper than we had initially thought. And one of the things that it mentioned was that Raymond went to Menasha High School. Yep. Now, at this time, we have one photo of Raymond. We have the obituary photo. It is blurry. It is, you know, a picture of a picture because by now the paper had been put into oh, yeah. uh, like a copy mode and that had been copied. So it wasn't great. We have one photo of Raymond. Um, it was this obituary photo, um, but it's smiling, you know, yeah. uh, clearly happy to be a part of the military and serving his country. Um but one of the things we found is that he went to Menasha High School, and that's where you kind of jumped on this. Yeah, so I was a former teacher, and uh, I, I know Menasha High School pretty well. I never taught there, but I was uh, I was there quite often. And I was able to stop into the office and, and talk to the secretary and say, hey, this is what we're doing. We're making a podcast. Before I go any farther, I want to give a shout-out to the Menasha High School staff, both the secretaries and the principals, because they were awesome, and I'll tell you why. Um, I told them what, what was going on, and... I'm, I'm assuming you guys might have some old, um, you know, yearbooks in your library. And she said, I'll do you one better. We have them in our vault. And she Which, 
Can I just point out, I didn't realize high schools have vaults. Yeah. <laughs> right. What do they keep in there? The really bad kids or the really rich kids? No. All the school all the school records, if there's a fire, then then those will not be burnt. That's pretty oh, awesome. Oh, well, yeah. that's good to know. So it's probably yeah. not like Scrooge McDuck style. <laughs> no, they're, they're not jumping totally, in money coins. I was really, I was picturing a vault, and I was like, "Are you, are you able to swim in the money like, like yeah, Scrooge like McDuck?" Scrooge? Or no. no, no. So it's just, it's a protected room, basically. Right. So she opens up the vault. The principal comes out. He is like, "This is great." You know, this, yeah, if this was his age, he probably went to school from, you know, anywhere from, you know, 1939, 1940, 41, So she gets out all of the yearbooks. And here we're in the office and uh, a few of the secretaries and myself and the principal are looking for any photo, any little nugget, any little thing that we can find from Raymond. Like, what did what did he do? What did he look like? And I, I uh, and, you know, while I'm doing this, you sent me some messages like, hey, did you find anything like whatever, anything going on? I found a picture of him. I think it was his senior photo or his junior year photo. I think it's a senior photo. And let me point out, the, the yearbooks back then are not like the yearbooks today. They're not like, hey, everybody, here's your freshman class. Here's your sophomore class. It's just everybody in, right. in the school is there. Right. And they didn't have like, like this is the football program and then have all the – it's just kind of all intermixed. And it's, it was a little weird. It was a lot to, of work. To navigate to through it. through all that. You had to look at every page, really. But I found a photo and I took a I took a really clear photo and I sent it over to you and I'll never forget your response. You says, and I quote, God damn, he's a Tom Brady looking motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and I just laughed out loud in the office and the lady's like, What? And I was like, I have nothing, the guy that I said. Please tell me you did not tell them. No, I, I didn't say oh. it. I just said the guy that we're doing this with, he just had a I hope my funny. mom is not listening. I don't speak like that, mom. But Those secretaries it. were thinking exactly the same thing. I'm sorry, but they dude. were looking through those yearbooks going, damn, I'd hit that. Wow. <laughs> you know they were. Listen, the, hey, the guys dressed up. They didn't look like little thugs back then. Yeah, he's a good looking dude. That's nice. The style back then was far different than it is today. Like today you just throw on some, like most guys throw on their sister's pants and then (laughs) (laughs) a ripped up t-shirt and call it a day. Back then they wore suits and if you want to see the yearbook photo, you can actually text GRAVE to 31011 and we'll send it right to your phone right now. That's GRAVE to 31011 and we'll shoot that photo to you. You can see it for yourself. Um, he really is a good-looking He's guy. He's a good-looking dude. Yeah. First and foremost. And nice hair, too. I was going to say, as a guy who has a thing for having nice hair, like that's mm-hmm. what I'm all about. I have to get my hair cut on a regular basis. I love hair. Mm-hmm. I can and see it. he has great hair. Yeah, he's got a tie on. Look at the, I mean, Look at the jawline. Yeah. Look at the jawline. Oh, and those eyes. I mean, Stop just it. even in a black and white photo, come on. What's really scary is the way she's drooling over yeah. Raymond makes me very uncomfortable because we are exact opposites. <laughs> I mean, other than my hair is great, too, we are exact opposites. You have a really have nice really jawline. Yeah, well, and you have and beautiful eyes. Yeah. They're, oh. like, dark and mm-hmm. mysterious. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yes, to go on or you feel better about it's yourself. It's really good when you guys lie to me. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> Anyways, so I found out that, that also Raymond was involved in and it just says general intramurals, so I'm guessing he just liked to play random sports, kickball, baseball, I don't know whatever they sure. did back then. Uh, he was in the Printer's Club. He was in the Junior Red Wait, Cross. hold that. Printer's Club will be actually a huge part right. of what will help us unravel the story. I want to point yeah. that out. As yeah. things come to keep Printer's Club in your head. Yeah. He was a Junior Red Cross member, and as we found out, 
he was on uh, on the bowling team. And bowling is huge Woo-hoo! in Menasha High School, apparently, because we'll we find a ton when we uh, get further on that there's a lot yeah. of big bowling clubs. Bowling back then. is a big deal back then. Bowling was still like, I don't know. I mean, on a high school level, like that was the, it was the place to be. Like, why not? People went out. They went to to places like the drive-in. They went to the bowling alley, and they had you know there was just it was a fun thing to do on a Friday night. Get or your milkshake and some French fries. Yeah, that sounds actually good. Yeah, that sounds delightful. Let's do Sometimes that. I feel like I was born in the wrong era. Yeah, like I can't stay off my phone long enough to go bowling. <laughs> Well, they wouldn't have had a phone. Uh, <laughs> well, that's what I'm then. saying. I'm born in the wrong era. Like, phones have totally messed me up. Right. Um, <clears throat> so, anyways, I, I found these photos. I mean, we went through and we found a lot of different uh, photos, and, and, and uh, but a lot of them weren't – they weren't really clear. We, we noticed that what he just did was a, a few things, and he was a really, really good-looking guy who did a lot for our country later on, but he was just a, a general, regular, average Joe guy in his high school. Right. And um, it, that was just that it, that in and of itself was just super interesting, too. And I don't know what uh, I don't know what the situation I wish I was more educated on this because I don't know. I don't know what the rate of people going to a college was back then. Mm. I imagine it probably wasn't as high as it is today. No. I think a lot of people graduated, got married and started their career. Got Absolutely. Job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. That, that seems like it was the thing to do back then. And um, it's actually because of that. Just a few short months between his graduation and going off to the military to fight that we got some of the best things about Raymond. And the fact that this is even a thing is super unbelievable to me, to me that, that this exists and that the library was smart enough to keep it. Mm-hmm. Um, when Raymond graduated high school, he went to work for the George Bonta Publishing Company, which would eventually become the Bonta Corporation. Mm -hmm. And it was around until, I think, 2008. Mm, It was recent. It was very recent. In the last 10, 12 years that that they sold to another company. What's bummer to me is the company that bought it, everything that they had at the Bonta Corporation went to their warehouses in Milwaukee, and I could not get a hold of anybody there because I Mm. feel like they may have had some of the letters that were written by the soldiers and things right. like that. I feel like that stuff might have been stashed away somewhere. Um, but what they had there uh, at the George Bonta Publishing Company was the night crew <laughs> would get bored. And so they started to create what they called the Nightmare. And the Nightmare was just a company newsletter. But the Nightmare is eventually what leads us to so many amazing stories mm-hmm. about Raymond and about life in that time. One of the things you mentioned that stuck out to me, Kat, was you had been talking about the adver- advertisements that were in The Nightmare and just the mm-hmm. lifestyle back then compared to now, and it was interesting Oh, absolutely. And again, it's just like things were so wholesome. But we also... Uh, <laughs> Wholesome—that's the word you use. I mean, it really was. It was though, and come out for a night of dancing at the at the local bingo club. It was great. (laughs) It was amazing. Like I wanted to go live in those newsletters. We did also look at some newspapers, and those are really interesting too. Um, Yeah. And again, same thing with like the ads and the articles. You got to remember too. At this time, you're you're not far off of coming out of the Great Depression. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's not that far Mm -hmm. off. People were just starting to really get it back together. Right. And really, what 
what the the um, the spurring, if you want to get a historical context, what really made America great was post depression because you had a, a a whole generation of people that suffered and and really did whatever they needed to do to survive. And once World War II hit, and as you had said earlier that all of these departments needed things, well, they needed them to fight a war, but it spurred the economy. And people decided um, post-war that they wanted to buy things. They wanted to do things. They wanted to go places. So they started making almost you know, washers and dryers and things that were disposable, refrigerators that you're going to use for 10, 15 years and then have to get another one. But it just spurred this economic fever that people wanted to do things, and it was because of this era. And th- this is the beginning of that generation where we see that, which yeah. is really cool. Well, one of the things that uh, that stood out in The Nightmare, and, and we're going to get way more into detail on The Nightmare very soon. This newsletter really was a treasure trove because um, during the war, it went from being about the employees yeah. to about the war, this nightmare newsletter they were putting out. One of the best parts of it was um, the frequent updates from people who worked for them that were serving. Mm-hmm. And so it was a really cool thing that we had and tool to our um, disposal, which we'll, we'll talk about how that came into play in just a few minutes here because it was super lucky. But um, having you go, Woody, go over to the uh, high school and get that photo. Now we have two photos of Raymond. This is a man who has been dead since 1945. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure many people have thought about him since his brother died in 2005. Perhaps somebody knew him and thought of him in passing. Like a classmate or something. But yeah. yeah. But here we are, the three of us, and we now have two photos of Raymond Novakovsky. This very plain headstone sitting on the road of St. Mary Cemetery in Menasha that hundreds, thousands of people have probably walked past, not even given second glance to, you know, this, this is the part of what we're doing that I love because now people are hearing about Raymond. They're hearing about what he experienced living in Menasha. Menasha, man, Looking at old photos of Menasha from back then, it just seemed like a great place to work. And it seemed like the Bonta Corporation or George Bonta Publishing at the time, uh, it seemed like that place that you get a job, you don't leave. Right. Oh, yeah. That was the jackpot. Like, you start working there, jackpot. And it also seemed like one of those places where, you know, Woody, if you were working there, your kids might work there too right. and then their kids which was very cool yeah. and the company seemed to take that really seriously and they really cared for their and, and if for employees. those who aren't, aren't familiar with this region this region of um, the United States is really known for its paper mills and its and its paper companies so this is something that people expect in this area so you're absolutely right you you were a lifer when you started there and it was a great company and they treated you well and one of the things I did notice, um, to touch on the nightmare again, this was their company newsletter that was put out by the night crew because they got bored at night, so they decided <laughs> let's print a let's print a company newsletter. Why not? Why not? And we'll call it the nightmare because yeah. we're the night crew. And you know, ironically though, the nightmare was our saving grace for most of this, huh? It really was. Yeah. Absolutely, it was a dream come true. Re- <laughs> so uh, w- one of the things though that that you notice when you're looking through earlier. Um, issues before the war really started to pick up and their men started to go overseas to serve. Uh, 
they do a lot of company picnics Heck yeah. and events and like there's a company bowling league which we did find out through one of the updates that Raymond did bowl for in the mm-hmm. few months he was there and we're yeah. going to talk more about that later but um to have to to know that this company was doing that and it just I think about that because not a lot of companies do that anymore. They don't they know they don't care about the employees like they used to. Like they knew that those employees were what made them money and they took care of them. Mm-hmm. It'd be good and if a lot families. of businesses yeah, it would be good if businesses started to think a little more like that again. And if you look at those photos from their their like their little circuses or their picnics they have, they're almost circuses because those things are Stuff like their tents and just the stuff that they have, the celebrations, it looked pretty fun. Oh, yeah. You did not want to miss out on those. That was a huge deal. And if you did, you were like, oh, I can't believe I missed it this week. And all your coworkers talked about you. Yeah, right. Oh, did you guys see Susie didn't come? It's the thing. I had a sick day here recently, (laughs) and I wondered what you guys were saying about me. I really did. We were were worried about you. Mm Mm-hmm. We wrote a good well card. Mm Mm-hmm. I never got it. Oh, I thought I put it in your mailbox. Sure. Sure you did. Um, but, yeah, this this whole thing has been uh, so eye-opening for me, just on, on the times and things like that with, uh, you know, the, the late 30s, early 40s, because I hadn't really looked into it very much until we started looking for Raymond's story. But it was cool to know that we found a second photo of him, and we got a step closer to figuring out his story and – you know, knowing what he did, fighting for our country, dying for our country. And a horrible way to die, by the way. A sniper took him out. Right. You don't it? know it's coming. You're a not. M- a month before the war ended, too, wasn't it? I mean, it was, it was really close. Really close. It was a month before the war ended. And his group of men, uh, again, Raymond transferred into a very specific group, which we're going to really break down for you on the next podcast. This group of men that served the country was the best of the best and they were front lines and they were the ones that were leading the charge and they were the ones that were freeing concentration camps filled with so many Jewish families being starved and beaten and murdered. They were the ones that were at the front of it all. Mm -hmm. And it's very interesting when we get into that kind of world that's going to be created around this podcast because it's, it's kind of terrifying. Mm. I mean, it really is. You think about the guns going off, the bombs, the explosions, and you know how Raymond died to me is, I think, far worse because it wasn't expected. A right. sniper, they do their business and then they're gone. Yeah, the, the snipers they're they're sitting up in their towers, and uh, I'm 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 imagining you know Raymond and somebody else were hey boom yeah. Nodakovsky. Thanks you a had, lot. I, I scared myself. I just died a little. I'm sorry, but I was trying to point out. You had no idea it was coming. <laughs> that that was coming. You were having a conversation, and then you're done. Yeah. But I'm guessing someone said, hey, Novikovsky and, you know, Jones, you guys go up there, you know, one go left, one go right. I, I'm no, I don't know the military terms. And uh, find out what you can, you know, go over there and see what you can see. And then it was. It was unfortunate. Bam. Um, so I think in the, the next podcast, we are going to finally break down the nightmare. And the real treasure trove where we really get to know Raymond on a personal level. Uh, We never got a full letter. I'll tell you that right now. Mm -mm. But we did get some amazing paraphrasing of some of his letters. Well, and with that, too, it's not just what he said, but what the other employees were saying about him. Yeah. Yeah. Which was so neat. 
And uh, we did find a lot more photos of him along the way as well, mm-hmm. which, which really makes me happy. Again, we're bringing somebody back to life who he, – he, I, I think I had this conversation with you just the other day. I think it was only a couple of days ago we talked about, I wonder what Raymond would have done with the rest of his life. Yeah. Absolutely. And he, I wish we would have known if he had a girlfriend right. or a significant other that maybe he was coming well, back to. Or... I mean, it did sound like he was kind of a ladies' man. Yeah. But well, he was a Tom Brady looking. <laughs> he was. <laughs> you know, and he is though. He's one of those guys. He would have come back. He would have gotten married. He probably would have had kids. And I was telling you when we were at home, um, the way that he was spinning things for everybody at home. Um, which, again, we'll talk about more, but he was putting such a positive spin on everything mm-hmm. that you know he would have been raising amazing kids. And even if, and I don't want to say even if, like it's a small thing, but, you know, he's not um, going out into the world, the world's not knowing his name or their names. Just that kind of positivity was really going to make an impact on the world. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. And I think... Um, what I would like to do to end this podcast, if it's all right with you guys, is I'd like to read his obituary. Oh, before you do that, though, um, if you guys want to comment or follow along again, facebook.com slash grave conversations podcast or on the Twitter at podcast grave. Um, we'd like to hear from you. Don't forget to text grave G R A V E to three one Oh one one. So this is the obituary that started it all. Private First Class Novikovsky dies in action. Manassas soldier victim of Nazi bullet as European war draws near to a close. Private First Class Raymond A. Novikovsky, son of Mr. and Mrs. Max Novikovsky, 617 7th Street, was killed in action April 17th in Germany, according to a War Department telegram received by the young soldier's parents Thursday afternoon bearing the signature of J.A. Ulio, Adjutant General. The message gave no further information except to say that a letter will follow, which I would have loved to have seen that letter. Mm-hmm. I wish we had that letter. We don't, unfortunately. Uh, moving on with the obituary, it says, A graduate of Menasha High School with the class of 1942, Private First Class Novikovsky had been in the service for more than two years. He was transferred from the Ordnance Department, to the infantry after arriving overseas July 1943. Before entering service, he was employed by the George Bonta Publishing Company. Born in Menasha, September 25, 1924, he is survived by his parents, one brother Donald, and his grandparents, Albert Novikovsky, Menasha, and Mr. and Mrs. Anton Muggenthaler of Appleton. Uh, we did run down the Muggenthalers, and um, again, it was a situation where uh, the only person we spoke to didn't have any information on yeah. Raymond. So that's what we wanted to leave you with on this uh, this podcast. In the next one, we're going to get deep into uh, Raymond and learning more about his military career. So that is what is coming up next here on the Grave Conversations podcast. Text GRAVE to 31011. We've got photos of Raymond and some information about Raymond right there. We'll send it right to your phone when you text GRAVE to 31011. This is the GRAVE Conversations podcast.